Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. The Obama administration is mandating women in frontline combat roles by 2016. Also, who killed the American family? We interview Phyllis Schlafly, the legendary conservative activist who fought the ERA and won. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt. Dr. Chaps, you're watching PIJN News. And on today's show, we have a news-making interview with legendary conservative activist Phyllis Schlafly has been active in the movement now for 50 years. She's gonna talk about women in combat, but first the news. WorldNet Daily reports that the Obama administration has mandated a January 2016 deadline for introducing women into combat units in every frontline role there is in the military. But a recent study published by Elaine Donnelly in the Center for Military Readiness confirms most women simply do not have the physical strength often required by those frontline combat roles. For example, the U.S. Marines have discovered, and they've done some tests here, just based on purely, purely physical strength, that for every man who fails a simulated artillery lift and carry test, did you know that for every one man that fails, 28 women fail the same test? According to the study documented by the Center for Military Readiness. Another test simulating moving over a seven foot high wall, less than uh, a certain percentage of men, less than 0.2% of the men, 1.2% of the men could not get over that wall compared to over 21% of the women. What about the physical test to be able to clean and lift and press 115 pounds? Did you know that 80% of men are able to pass that test? but only 8.7% of women are able to pass that test. So there are obviously physical differences between the genders and the Obama administration wants to ignore how that affects their ability to fight in combat. Here's another interesting number, a 2013 survey of army women found, these are women who are already serving in the army, that 92.5% of the 30,000 who were surveyed would decline a combat arms assignment if it was offered to them. But now they really won't have a choice since testimony to Congress that same year revealed the military will assign women to those units in the near future. Here's a quote now by Elaine Donnelly, leader of the Center for Military Readiness. She said, contrary to popular beliefs, Eligibility for the combat arms would harm women, not help them. Defense Department data have shown for decades that military women are promoted at rates equal to or faster than men. So in other words, they're already getting promoted faster than men, but now if they're forced to go into combat roles to earn those promotions, they won't be promoted so fast. Well, that's the news, or thanks to Elaine Donnelly for that report. I wanna say and clarify from the get-go that I believe the Bible, which says in Galatians 3 that there is moral equivalence between men and women. The Bible says there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. But just because men and women have moral equivalence does not mean that they are physically as strong as each other and there's a big difference there.
Would you pray with me? Let's take a moment and pray. Father in heaven, we do pray in Jesus' name that you will reverse this trend of men being cowards and forcing women to go out and fight in our, in our place. Father, help us to return to the Bible, which gives moral equivalence and yet recognizes there is a place for men to be the protectors. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us reflect your will, amen. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Phyllis Schlafly is gonna comment on women in combat. Discerning the spirits that rule our politicians, Dr. Chaps will be right back. Are you pro-life? Do you believe that abortion kills innocent children? If so, I want you to take action today and sign a petition at PrayInJesusName.org. Here's three petitions we need you to sign. The number one is to stop Planned Parenthood from getting your taxpayer dollars. Did you know they've received now $487 million in your taxpayer dollars? I don't think that's right. They use that money to facilitate 329,445 abortions, not really to pay for adoption or mammograms, but just to kill innocent children. Sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org. Here's number two petition we want you to sign, and that's to defund Obamacare. This bad healthcare law is now forcing Christian employers to pay for contraception, sterilization, and abortion pills free of charge for all their employees, or the Christian employer has to pay a $100 fine per day per employee. That's gonna bankrupt our friends like the Hobby Lobby Corporation, Christian business owners, and even Catholic hospitals now are being forced to pay for abortions. The Obama administration is now promoting the Plan B abortion pill over the counter for children as young as seven years old. Here's petition number three we need you to sign at PrayInJesusName.org to help pass Senate Bill 583, the Life Begins at Conception Act. This personhood bill, introduced by my friend, Senator Rand Paul, can actually defend life and help overturn Roe versus Wade. Take action today. I know you care about the unborn, but please sign a petition today at PrayInJesusName.org. We will fax that petition free of charge to your congressman. Sign a petition at PrayInJesusName.org. Take action today if you're pro-life. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. Thank you for watching PIJN News. Phyllis Schlafly has been a national leader of the conservative movement since the publication of her best-selling 1964 book, A Choice, Not an Echo. She has been a leader in the pro-family movement since 1972, when she started her national volunteer organization, Eagle Forum. In the 10-year battle in the 1970s, Phyllis led the pro-family movement to victory over the principal legislative goal of the radical feminists called the Equal Rights Amendment. She is an articulate and successful opponent of that movement, and she appears in debates on colleges, camp, college campuses across America more than any other conservative. Named to, as one of the most, uh, the 100 most important women of the 20th century by Ladies Home Journal, I welcome to the show our, our my new friend, Phyllis Schlafly. Welcome, Phyllis. Well, hello, Dr. Chaps. So happy to join you. <laughs> so did I get anything wrong in, your, in, in the introduction? Do you want to? No, no, it sounds fine. Thank you for all those kind words. <laughs> 
Well, wonderful. Uh, you know, I've been a, an admirer of yours for many years. I met you in Washington years ago when you were coordinating with Janet Porter and uh, many of our mutual funds. And I'm also a former military chaplain. I served 20 years in the military, honorably discharged. And now we just reported that President Obama is lifting nearly all restrictions on women serving in combat roles on the front lines, you know, carrying artillery. What are your thoughts and, and what has been your argument over the years concerning women in combat? Well, I have no respect for men who would send a woman down to do the fighting for him. It reminds me if you hear a sound, suspicious sound in the middle of the night and the husband said to his wife, honey, you go on downstairs and find out what's going on. I just don't think we respect men like that. Uh, women in combat was a big issue when the Equal Rights Amendment launched on the scene in 1972, and uh, we were then in the Vietnam War. Uh, I had uh, daughters and sons who were about 18, 19 years old, and my daughters thought this was the craziest thing they ever heard. You're going to put women in the Constitution, and the first thing is they'll have to sign up for the draft just like their brothers. So the American people are not for sending women into military combat. And they've been uh, exempt from combat all these years, and now Obama is trying to change it because he is totally manipulated by the feminist movement. And the feminists are not for equality. They are what they call uh, interchangeability. They think there really isn't any difference between men and women, and uh, rational people know that there really is. Well, of course, as a Christian, I believe the Bible, and you know, uh, it says in, I think the Apostle Paul wrote, there is neither male nor female, we are all one in Christ Jesus. So there is a moral equivalency. Obviously, you're in favor of women's right to vote and to run for office. But what about the physical differences between men and women? There's a physical uh, strength that many men have. We reported that, uh, for example, the Marines took a test and 21% of women failed to jump over a seven foot high wall when only 1% of women, uh, men fail that test. Also, the ability to lift 115 pounds, 80% of men can do that, but only about 9% of women are able to lift that. Talk about the physical differences in combat. Well, anybody who knows anything about life and children and men and women knows that there is a big difference. I learned that when my, when my children were in the crate. Uh, I had three boys first. And then I had a girl and I thought I had an invalid. All she did was just lie there. She didn't thrash around in the crib like the boys did. Uh, so there is that difference. And we know that, uh, for example, if you look closely at those pictures of the training of the Marines and the Navy and so forth, you'll find that the women are given little steps on the ball so they can climb up the wall and make it look like they're climbing the same wall that the men are, are climbing. But it's, it's uh, just as you said, it, it isn't true. Women can't lift the same weights, and uh, they can't uh, run the same distance. They can't uh, jump the same wall. Well, and there was also a survey taken in, in 2013 of women who are already in the Army, and they found that 92.5% of those women would decline a frontline combat arms assignment if they were offered one. Uh, do you think women want to serve in frontline roles? 
Well, I'm surprised that you found that that one poll because normally the army has not taken uh, surveys of what the women want. Uh, they they take surveys of of the feminists and and they find one answer. Uh, but the women who would be the ones assigned to military combat, just like men, uh, are not for it. They don't want it, and uh, it's just—it's a great mistake, and it's harmful not only to the women who are put in positions that they are unable to cope with, but it's uh, harmful to the men who don't have the buddy protection that they need from their fellow co-workers if they get hurt. Well, what can our viewers do if they don't want their 18-year-old daughter to be drafted into the Army, or maybe if their daughter does want to serve in the military but does not want to be sent to a frontline combat role, now President Obama is going to force them to do that anyway. What can we do as citizens? Well, the uh, Obama does whatever the feminists want. And I think it's clear that the American people do not want women sent into frontline combat. What can they do? Uh, well, the first thing they can do is to elect a, a, a Republican Senate on November the 4th. This is extremely important. And it, I'm really not saying a partisan thing. Normally, you kind of look for the best candidate who's on the ballot. But this time around, it's going to make a great difference whether, it is con whether the Senate is controlled by the Republicans or the Democrats. In addition to legislation, which we're talking about, whether they're going to put women in combat, you have the matter of the control of the courts. And the Supreme Court has held that uh, even, even though we are calling for equality in many fields, uh, women do not have to be assigned to military combat. Now, another court decision could change that. And uh, if the Democrats get uh, control of the Senate for the next couple of years, uh, they uh, will be able to mold the Supreme Court in any way they want for the next 30 years. And we don't want that. We want uh, the women to have the option because they know they can't do the job. Incidentally, the, uh, the feminists just uh, forced uh, uh, some, uh, some uh, tests on the police department. I think it was in Philadelphia. And uh, the women just simply could not score as well as the men. And they tried and tried again. Uh, but still, the tests show that women cannot do the same physical uh, work that the men can. Well, we're going to take a short break, but when I come back, I want to talk about your new book, Who Killed the American Family? We'll be right back after this short break. Making your voice heard in our nation's capital. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Do you care about defending religious liberty? I know you do. And that's why I'm asking you to take action today. Don't just sit there, but do something. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and sign a petition that we will fax to Congress on your behalf. In fact, there are three specific petitions I want you to sign to defend military chaplains who are under fire. The first is to support H.R. 343. This is a bill introduced in Congress by my friend, Congressman Walter Jones of North Carolina, to protect free speech for military chaplains who are sometimes punished if they use the word Jesus in their prayers. Well, if you know my story, you know that I was punished in 2006 
even at court martial, because I used the word Jesus in my prayers in uniform in front of the White House. Well, I was later vindicated by Congress who said it's okay for me to do that. But did you know 65 other chaplains are now suing the Navy? I was not the only person. Our second petition I want you to sign is to protect military chapel buildings, which are being desecrated. Christian altars, Catholic or Protestant, are being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies in all 50 states under this order by the Obama administration. Well, that deprives all of our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines of a sacred worship space, which ought to be protected. And instead, they're gonna punish the chaplain if he won't turn over the keys to his chapel. Here's another petition I want you to sign, and this is to stop threatening court-martial for troops who talk about Jesus. Even recently, the Pentagon is saying, oh, we're gonna threaten you with a crime of proselytizing. No, that's not right. Any soldier ought to be able to talk about his or her faith in Jesus Christ and to have that same religious freedom of speech that we sacrifice to give for others. When you sign these petitions, we will fax them to Congress and it's free. I want you to take action today. Sign these three important petitions at PrayInJesusName.org. Go there today. Welcome back, you're watching PIJN News. I'm joined again by my dear friend, Phyllis Schlafly. Welcome back, Phyllis. Thank you so much, Dr. Chaps. So you wrote a book, Who Killed the American Family? And I'm you know, reading some excerpts of that, that children raised in stable nuclear families where they have a mother and a father are far better behaved than classmates that are brought up by unmarried parents. Uh, what are your thoughts about you know, hyperactivity for children and, and antisocial attitudes, is that resolved by the government and education dollars, or is that resolved by having mom and dad in the home? Well, you know, the biggest uh, demographic change that's taken place in our country is the decline in the number of people who are married, the decline in the number of children who are growing up in a household where they have their own mom and pop to tell them to shape up and be good fellows. Uh, and uh, so uh, we have uh, all kinds of, of uh, ways that people are interpreting this. For example, the liberals read that and they say, oh, it's poverty that causes uh, the, the great gap in, in, way, in grades between uh, the rich people and the poor people. And really, it's not how much money they have. It's whether they have a mom and pop in the home, both of them, to shape them up and tell them what to do. And it's terribly important for people to realize who has been out to kill the American family. It didn't just happen. When I grew up, we were a nation of traditional families where people lived with their own mother and father in their own household. And uh, now it's, uh, we've got about a 41% illegitimacy rate. And uh, it, this is very harmful to the children. Well, uh, I have a new book called Who Killed the Family? And it's not just the gays, they're a small part of it, but there are a lot of other uh, reasons why the family has declined. And I urge you to get my book. You can get it on my website, eaglefarm.org. Well, I imagine there have been some attempts by the government to resolve this problem. Of course, we're here in Colorado Springs and Dr. James Dobson and Focus on the Family have been studying for years how the family can be uh, helped, but what is the government's role in, in helping 
you know, for example, reduce the illegitimate birth rate, which as you say is now 41% of all children are born out of wedlock. How, does the government have any uh, solution for the this? The role that the government is playing is to increase the illegitimacy because they've got downright incentives to encourage illegitimacy. And that's one of the chapters in my new book, Who Killed the American Family, are the incentives that are built into the tax code to encourage women to have children without any husband. Now, when they do, uh, a woman really can't support them. And so she naturally turns to big brother government to provide what the husband is not providing. And, and that is uh, so, so very unfortunate. Uh, there are other reasons uh, that the government has been working against the family. One is the mischief of the family courts. And let me explain why that is so. Uh, there is an expression called best interest of the child. And when our law was codified by the British a couple of centuries ago, that was an accepted maxim. And uh, what it meant was the parents were the ones best situation, uh, situated to decide what is in the best interest of the child. Well, somehow in the 1970s, the judges took over the, the definition of that. And now you have these family court judges that are decided everything. They decide how many hours a day you can be with your own children, what household you can live in, how much money is transferred from household to household. And we even had one judge who decided what church the kids could go to. Now, where are we? Are we in Afghanistan that some judge can decide what, what church the children should go to? Well, I don't think so. I think this is America and I think mothers and fathers should be making that decision. Talk for, uh, for a minute, if you can, about the culture of divorce and, and no-fault divorce and easy divorce. Uh, is there a different way to approach that from a legal perspective? Uh, well, I object to the term uh, uh, no-fault. What it really is, is unilateral divorce. Uh, when that law was passed, what it really meant was that either spouse can walk away without having any reason to. They're just tired of marriage, so they're going to walk away. And uh, um, I think Ronald Reagan signed the first uh, divorce law uh, when he was governor of California. And he said, he admitted later it was the worst thing he ever did because nobody realized how people were going to grab onto it. And now it is mostly a majority, it's majority women who are the ones who are initiating divorce. And they figured out that they can uh, walk away from marriage and its obligations and uh, uh, take custody of the children and, and get the husband, ex-husband's ex money and uh, get rid of him. You know, you mentioned Ronald Reagan. You were once appointed by President Reagan to the Commission on the Bicentennial of the U.S. Constitution. You have testified before more than 50 congressional and state legislative committees on constitutional, national defense, and family issues. You're also the author or editor of 20 books. Where can people find your books, especially Who Killed the American Family? Well, Who Killed the American Family uh, is available on my website, like all my other books, and that's uh, eagleforum.org. It's also available at Amazon and all the usual places. 
And I do urge you to get it because I, I wrote that book because nobody else has tried to point out who who did the damage of breaking up the American family. And uh, I have six categories of people of whom the gays are only one, uh, of people who worked uh, to destroy the American family. You know, it's kind of like I compare it to Agatha Christie's murder mystery called Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, the solution to the who was the criminal uh, was that everybody on the train had a motive. So there are a lot of people with motives. We've already talked about the incentives to illeg illegitimacy that are built into the tax law. And we've talked about the uh, family courts and how they make so many pompous decisions that ought to be made by the parents. And uh, then, of course, there are the gays, which you read about all the time. But the feminists have been a powerful force against the family. You know, if you listen to what the feminists are teaching young women, they are teaching them that American women are victims of the patriarchy. And we have to abolish the patriarchy. Well, I think American women are the most fortunate class of people who ever lived on the face of the earth. So stop complaining and, and get busy and do your job. Thank you so much. We're gonna have you back again on a future show to talk about President Obama's War on Religious Freedom and other books that you have helped write. Our guest has been Phyllis Schlafly with eagleforum.org. Thank you, Phyllis, and God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Dr. Chips. We'll be back after this short break. This is PIJN News. Introducing FactsCongress.com. Do you care about politics, defending pro-life causes, traditional marriage, and religious freedom? At FactsCongress.com, you can create any petition to Congress, and we will convert your e-petition instantly to a real fax paper on your congressman's desk. And the best part? It's free. Want your voice heard by multiple congressmen? At FactsCongress.com, we can blast your petition to all 535 congressmen and senators instantly. And you don't even need a fax machine. Not only do we deliver your petitions instantly, but with our dashboard feature, you can quickly recruit friends on Facebook and Twitter to co-sign your petition. Do you care about a particular cause? You can build a virtual army of supporters at FactsCongress.com. Do you lead a church, faith-based organization, or PAC? We can even help you do fundraising. It's free. Just visit FactsCongress.com and try it out. Make a difference. Sign any petition today at FactsCongress.com. FactsCongress.com. Can I take a moment to ask you to donate today? There are such important battles that we're fighting and winning around the country to defend religious liberty. How much is the right to pray in Jesus' name worth to you? Well, to me, it was worth a 16-year career and a million-dollar pension, which I sacrificed to defend Jesus Christ. I'm asking you to call us today, toll-free at 866-Obey-God, and make a donation. How much would you pay to defend religious liberty? Would you give $10 or $20 or $100? I bet there's some people who are watching who can even give $1,000 today just to help us stay on the air, to broadcast this into people's homes, to organize these petition drives, and especially, we spend thousands of dollars organizing rallies around the country and petitioning legislators. Please call us today at 866-Obey-God and give the best pledge that you can give to defend religious liberty and take a stand for Jesus Christ. We can't do it without you. Please donate today.
Our thanks again to Phyllis. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, give everyone what you owe to them. Please donate if you can to help us stay on the air. Visit PrayInJesusName.org. We'll see you next time. Chaplain Klingenschmidt is a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy who earned his Ph.D. in theology from Regent University. As a former Navy chaplain, by taking a public stand for freedom of speech and religious expression, and by sacrificing his own 16-year career and million-dollar pension, he was vindicated by the U.S. Congress, who changed the law and restored freedom for military chaplains to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps not only defended the Constitution, but his petitions have helped change the law in 10 states, restoring freedom to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.